This is the Off Duty On Duty podcast, episode number 26. I'm your host, Brian Eastridge. Welcome to our podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com podcast network. The Off Duty On Duty podcast, we take topics relevant to today's gun owners and we tackle them from the perspective of everyday concealed carriers and the perspective of on duty law enforcement to give you both angles of discussion. I know you've missed him. Today he's back. My buddy Hanny McMood. Everybody loves Hanny. And we're going to talk about domestic preparedness. And I'm not talking about uh, taking the wedding vows there, ladies and gentlemen. Texas and Oklahoma got buried by about four layers of snow the last couple weeks. And we had some, uh, some outages. So, you know, being police officers, a lot of people don't realize that we have to go out and function in this stuff. So there's some some measures that we take at home that uh, to kind of leave the home front intact, right? So we're gonna we're gonna kind of dive off into that. But first, today's sponsor, in keeping with the theme of domestic preparedness, this episode is brought to you by Mountain Man Medical. Mountain Man Medical is focused on two core principles: first, build med kits and trauma kits that consist of name brand proven and tested components; second. Make them the most affordable of any company on the market. Check out the full lineup of products and kits at mountainmanmedical.com. And remember, law enforcement officers, firearms instructors, and other professionals, you can save up to 15%. Mountainmanmedical.com. All right. As always, EDC Belt Company, manufacturer of the foundation belt, the most comfortable, functional concealed carry belt on the market. You can check them out at edcbeltco.com, edcbeltco.com. Got a little special place in my heart and our newest sponsor, CCW Safe. Probably the most comprehensive and best legal subscription service for concealed carriers in the industry. And we can offer you 10% off of your CCW Safe membership. If you go to www.ccwsafe.com forward slash off duty 10, get you 10% off. If you're a retired LEO and you're carrying under HR 218, they got a plan for that. If you're one of these people that just carries it home, they got a plan for that. ccwsafe.com forward slash off duty 10. Thank you to those guys for sponsoring us, sponsoring us here at the off duty on duty podcast. Let's bring in Hanny. And you're well, back. Right you're back. So did you uh did you dig yourself out of the uh snowpocalypse twenty twenty one? Uh I dug myself out of the snowpocalypse with uh one arm since uh I had elbow surgery ten days ago. Ouch. So it it was uh it it, it was numerous beatdowns all at the same time. Oh, I agree. Yeah, it's funny. I said, uh, I did this little Facebook live video in the off duty on duty podcast, Facebook page where I went through my tough box, my little tote, and I was mm-hmm. just adding a few things here and there. And, uh, and it kind of made me actually, uh, John Murphy, that trainer from gosh, it escapes me now. I can't remember the name of his, his company, but John Murphy has apparently packed all of his stuff into an RV and is now traveling full time. And he named his RV Maslow as in Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Right? Ah. Yeah. So food, shelter, cable, clothing, <laughs> pretty much food, shelter, iPhone right now. Uh, but I, we got two rounds of snow here in Oklahoma 
and they were bad and sub zero temps. And it got so bad that it was like the power company was doing rolling blackouts. We had the water treatment plants were freezing up and their the water service was, was sketchy. And then for the first time ever in my life, the natural gas companies were like, Hey, yeah. uh, our natural gas plants are freezing up. We're not able to get the stuff out to the lines like we normally do. So, uh, and when it's 20 degrees outside, that's, that's, you're in kind of a pickle. Yeah. We, you and I had pretty much the, uh, the same weather conditions, the same problems here. They might've been magnified by the, by the size of the population. My place didn't get rolling blackouts. I just lost the power about 3 a.m. on Sunday and it came back about 4 p.m. on Tuesday. So I spent, uh, uh, two nights uh, uh, with a fireplace and a pointer and a Rottweiler to, you know, keep me company. And we all shared the warmth here. You know, luckily I'm living downtown, you know, I'm like in the, the downtown area. It was getting really dicey. Now, luckily, you know, I got a four wheel drive truck, so I wasn't worried about transportation, but you know, all the restaurants were closed. The grocery stores, yeah, it, yeah. It, it was like, it was a pretty serious deal. And, and, I didn't panic because over the years, I've kind of taken a few precautions that I learned when uh, I was very new into police work, working natural disasters. Because my my first day in the fourth phase of the field training program, we had gone, we're going back to our, our first field training officer. So you would, okay. everybody would meet at the training center, right? And then immediately you would, Hey, how's it going? I'm riding with you again. Take, you took a little written test and then boom, you're on patrol for that night. Right. And it was called over, or, uh, overlap, right? So you meet, okay. you meet at this overlap. Well, what everybody does, you know, you, you hadn't seen your primary FTO in like three months. So you get together and everybody kind of says, Hey, we're going to go to this restaurant over here and we're going to mm-hmm. take our dinner break before we go into the field. And while we are on our dinner break, uh, you know, the finger of destruction falls out of the Mm -hmm. sky and just levels the Southeast part of town, which is where I was going to be assigned. Several tornadoes broke out and, oh wow, yeah, it was, it was ugly. So, and this is 2003. It was like June, July of 2003. I start running into people that are in the rural areas and they're like, we're good you know, our house is leveled, but you know, we've got a generator, we've got tents, we've got an RV that was parked over here, bottled water, firewood, if we need it, you know what I mean? And as Mm -hmm. you got closer to town, it was like, I don't know where to go. And people are trying to get hotels and the hotels are booked up and then they lose power and service. And it was just a it was a real bad situation, but I adopted some of what I found in the rural area for myself. And a lot of these people just had kind of some, uh, like tough boxes, you know, or like tote boxes mm-hmm. that had like dry storage food and bottled water and emergency blankets and medical kits and yeah. stuff like that. And this is, you know, 17 years ago ever, you know, I would just kind of add to this every year. I'd open that thing up. I'd pull it out of the closet and I went through it on the Facebook live video and it got a really good response. I just, I kind of wanted to take the podcast in the direction of, you know, the things I've learned being a cop, and I'm sure you have too, that, you know, we have to go out and function in these situations 
and we may not have home to go back to that's being attended to. That's a weird feeling too, is not yeah, knowing. Fortunately, that's not one I've ever had to experience. We get fewer tornadoes than you since I think that's y'all's main growth industry. But <laughs> I, I, you know, I think I worked two or three in my career. And, and yeah, there were, you know, a half a house would be there. You know, that kind of destruction, I just, you know, was not really used to. And this, the, yeah, the second one was only, I think about eight, seven, eight years ago. Yeah. And uh, it, it, that, that was a really interesting one. And it, it was fairly localized on the south part of Arlington, but it hammered it. It hammered it big. Yeah. And, uh, you know, all the units are out, like, getting into the... Uh, so if anyone ever wonders during a tornado why all the stalls at the car wash are filled with police cars, <laughs> that's because we're seeking cover. Exactly. <laughs> the In 2013 was the last really bad one that I worked, and it was... Uh, it hit the area of town that I lived in and mm-hmm. it leveled a school that my stepdad was teaching at. And he was inside of a closet with, with a group of special needs kids when that thing ripped the roof off. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was a bad deal. I was working the Northeast side of town and it hit the Southwest side of town where I, where I lived and I was married at the time and had, you know, young stepson and, you know, my yeah. mind immediately goes to, I got to get accountability of everybody. Well, I knew where yeah. stepson and, and the wife were, I kind I knew they were okay. I had, I actually went to the area and found my stepdad is pretty, pretty cool story. Now looking back on it, but found him out helping people and rounding up kids. And he was fine and put him in the car and let's get you home. Cause your job here is done, you know, but when I got to home, there's no power, there's no running water, and there's no natural gas. And yeah. luckily, we had another family member that was able to take everybody in, and we all piled up into that house, and we had running water and everything else. But I vowed at that moment, because it was the most panicky, terrifying feeling to know, okay, now my family's secure, but I have to go back to work for an un- an undefined period of time. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what we've got for supplies, for water, for, um, and, and of course at the time the medical situation was bad because we're still, uh, triaging people on site. So it's like, if grandma slips and falls and busts a hip, we may not get an ambulance for two or three hours, you know? So I needed to have some semblance of medical and, and some other you know, just basic necessities. And I, I put that kit together as just something I can throw in my truck or leave in the tornado shelter or whatever. And I know, Hey, I got about a week's worth of stuff in here and I can make fire. I've got shelter. I've got emergency blankets, a tarp cordage, medical kits, just stuff that, uh, if you're a hunter is not that foreign to have in your house. Right. We talked about yeah. that last week. I said, I said, yeah, when the power went out down here, I had, I've got two emergency blankets and you went, oh man, I didn't even think of that. I got like a dozen of those in my closet. Yeah. And it didn't even occur to me to, to pull, to pull one of those out. And I kind of feel you know, somewhat idiotic about it. I think you would, if you would have gotten cold enough, if you didn't have the Rottweiler, <laughs> you would have probably, yeah, but you know, tea candles, stuff to make light, stuff to charge my phone with, battery pack, stuff like that. And and uh, apparently it struck a chord with some of our listening audience because 
I think a lot of it is focused in Oklahoma and Texas. So, and then I did a Facebook live later that I took down because my phone died midstream, but where I had some people from the region, you know, were kind of sharing their experiences and stuff like that, that I'd bring them on the, the live video. It, it didn't really, wasn't shocking, but some of my friends on the coastal areas that deal with hurricanes and tropical storms, they were like, we have enough supplies stuck here to where we can shelter in place for a month or two. And yeah. you get kind of insulated in the Midwest and you don't think about things like that as much. But, uh, but while we were getting buried in snow, another friend of mine was on vacation in Alaska and they're like, yeah, we had just, they had just as much snow there. They had the same temperatures and it wasn't that big of a deal because that's six months out of their year, you know? So yeah. they have the preparations in place. So, uh, so I thought it was kind of thought provoking, but yeah. And I think it's a good opportunity, uh, to, um, I don't know, take stock, reassess and look at the holes in your game, uh, the way we do after, you know, a fight, you know, in a way this kind of is, it's, it, it's not really a fight, but what it is, is it's, um, it's a, you know, it's a challenge that kind of came up unexpectedly, uh, you know, then you, you know, you need to kind of do a, you know, you know kind of a hot wash post-mortem kind of thing later and go, okay, well, what would have made this a little bit easier or better? It's a smart thing to do. And, and so I got power back Tuesday. Yeah. So in the last, you know, week or so, yeah, my mind has made like a short list of what, what I wish that I had that would have made things uh, better. That is not a big deal. Like at, at, at that moment, everybody goes, damn, I wish I'd have bought a generator. Yeah. Okay. Well, a generator is a generator, and it, it, it's good to have one. But short of you know something that costs you know hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars and, and so on, sometimes you know it might be you know fifty dollars worth of stuff that really could have made a difference uh, it, in terms of comfort and the misery factor. One of the things that I really that I like about being in the the condo that I have that uh, hopefully you'll get to see here in about two months, but. I have a wood burning fireplace, which is kind of a rarity mm-hmm. now, an emergency blanket, a couple of tea candles in the fireplace and uh, a tarp. I, I can stay warm for a long time, man. You know, yeah. it's yeah. like, I mean, it, it's not pleasant, but there again, it, it was, it wouldn't be the end of the world. And, and a lot of people that I knew that had kind of come to me, they were, they were kind of, I won't say they were in a panic, but there was a, there was a finite level of worry. Like, what are we going to do if the power goes out and then the gas goes out and the water goes out? I'm like, well, um, it, it's just Tuesday. We'll figure this out. Like, you know, if y'all need to pile into my unit because you guys converted your fireplaces over to natural gas and I didn't, right. uh, then fine. Hey, we'll be neighborly. Uh, we got plenty of, <laughs> we got plenty of trees in the parking lot. Go, <laughs> go snag a limb and <laughs> or let's stay warm or whatever. But yeah, yeah. You know, in a couple of cases of bottled water, I mean, $6 in insurance, you know? Exactly. It, it, sometimes it's little things like that. And um, uh, one of the better compliments I got from ex-wife, there's no need, there's no need to number them, was during the COVID thing, uh, I, brought, I, brought, I brought a bunch of stuff over to uh, her place for her and our daughter. Mm-hmm. And it was just, you know, odds and ends that I thought that she would need. And she looked at me and she said, you know, for the first time, now, I appreciate all the stuff that you had in the garage that just drove me nuts and was in the way. Right. <laughs> like, well, uh, thanks. 
But it was stuff like uh, gloves that, that, you know, you don't need it during a, an ice storm. But, you know, when the COVID thing happened, you know, I had a couple hundred gloves. I, I had masks. I had, I had stuff like that because, you know, early in my career, I, I went I went through the, uh, you know, the, the post 9-11 anthrax thing and, you know, in H1N1 and stuff like that. So it's just so, some stuff like that I, I was lucky I already had. And there's other things that people don't think of to do, but the boxes of back in the day, they were all baby wipes. Now, now they make them in bigger boxes. I, I get the exact same product, I guess, but they'll call them adult wipes, I suppose. <laughs> you know, I, I got on Amazon and I ordered a, a case of those. And, you know, you, you can literally bathe with them, you know, for a month if you needed to. Yeah, um, it's not something that you want to try out. but <laughs> Yeah, but there, you know, when, 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 when they go, there's a toilet paper shortage. It's like, well, I'm not ripping apart the old Sears uh, uh, catalog. I do have a very good alternative, stuff like that. So a lot of that came in handy, especially during the COVID time when people were really, really not supposed to go anywhere, at least supposedly for a while. Some of that stuff came in handy again just this last week. I, I, I decided, oh, there, there is some things that I, you know, I, I could do better. You know, I, I've got, you know, for instance, I've got 50-year-old oaks and a giant pecan tree in my front yard. And, you know, when, when big limbs fall, you know, I drag them to the street so they haul them away. Right. And uh, note to sell, maybe like take the 15 minutes and saw that three foot chunk into three pieces and, and just put it in the box in the garage. Things like that started to occur to me that really, you know, wouldn't cost a dime. It would just be, you know, doing. And as you said, with water, you know, that that's something that, you know, I've always, you know, been good about keeping around the house and things like that. So, yeah, that, I, 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 I've been doing the same thing as you and, and kind of making a list and, and thinking of how I'm going to improve my preparedness. And that's, you know, with a small P, not with a capital P. I have, uh, when I moved out of my residence and moved downtown, I had a, I, I went to like Lowe's or somewhere and they had, they had a bunch of those, these storage totes that were like seven cool. bucks with a locking lid. And then I had mm. my old hunting gear box is what I use, but I peeled that apart right when all this hit just to kind of see, okay, where are you at? How long can you sustain yourself in, in place? And I hate the term prepper. I absolutely hate yeah, that. Yeah. That became like a thing in like 2010. People are like, well, are you prepared for the apocalypse? And I'm like, whatever, you know, people would just hoard all these supplies. And I'm like, look, a week is good. Two weeks is better. A month is yep. awesome. You know, and when I was a kid, it wasn't uncommon to have a pantry full of canned goods, green beans and peas and all these other things that as society has moved along and, and the generations have gotten a little more comfortable that we don't, we don't think about anymore. And, and that was, that was something that came up and, and, when I peeled that box open, it was hilarious. The first person that called me after that video went live was actually my dad. And he's like, <laughs> Excellent. yeah, he's like, dude, that was really good. I never really even thought of that. Like, man, you know, we had a water line freeze up, but everything else worked out. And yeah. he goes, man, that that's not a bad idea. And I, I said, you know, I've, it's an amalgamation of the gear that I carry hunting anyway. Uh, yeah. if I'm going to go out and do like 
go to Colorado, you know, where I might have to be overnight somewhere, even though I didn't want to, but I can't make it back to the truck in the daylight. So I'm not going to hike down a mountain in the middle of the night. It's that kind of thing. And the Midwest is full of people that go to the deer woods. We just kind of seem to get caught off guard by this whole thing. So after October, you know, last year was the pandemic. And then October, we had a really bad ice storm here we are in February and we had like snowmageddon 2021. I'm like, what's next locusts, you know, (laughs) (laughs) starting to get a little weird. So, um, but I, I talked to some of my other friends in in the industry, you know, Michael Burgess out in North Carolina and we we had a long chat and he's like, he's like, man, I, I have lived like that for years because I'm in rural North Carolina and we have a tropical storm blow in that knocks all the infrastructure out for weeks at a time. And, yeah. and it's just part of life. And then I have another friend that lives in Alaska and he's like, man, this is just what you guys have as a, uh, a critical incident. We just call it Thursday, you know, <laughs> and, uh, or Tuesday or man, this is going to be really hard to get to work Monday, whatever. So, and a lot of people focus on the self-defense aspect, the gun, the, the ammo, all that stuff. And it's like, you know, there's a, there's a whole bigger picture to all of these things because I can't eat 223 ammo. <laughs> you know, I can't eat nine millimeter ammo. I can't bathe with a Glock. Well, I can, but not like the Glock. Well, with bite. Marine spring cups. Yeah. 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 With, with the, the maritime <laughs> spring cup. I, I was really shocked to get that much, um, that much interest in that little, like 30 minutes that I did where I was just filming myself like, oh, Hey, I'm going through this. This is what I got in here. You know, fire starting material and some emergency blankets, tarps, backpacks to carry stuff, dry storage food. Uh, that kind of thing really hit me in 2013 when I actually had to go be policemen and help other people yeah. when I knew I had my mom, my, my stepdad, my niece and nephew, my, uh, you know, my wife and, and stepson and all that. And I had to go. Uh, I got to go do work. Y'all are kind of on your own. And I started putting a kit together like that, just so that if I had to go do that and go function and be the first responder, I could at least take a tote box out and shove it, you know, and say, Hey, look, I'll be back when we get, when I get off my shift, but here's enough food for a week. Here's a way that you can charge your devices. Here's a way that you know, you've got bottled water. You got a bottle of water for everybody. In 2013, our cell service went down. I mean, I had a police radio. That was it. So it was like, yeah. uh, it, it was pretty, pretty scary to go and have to function in that and not have the security of knowing what's going on on the home front. And so I, so I, that, that's kind of part of what inspired that. So anyhow, well, if you want to talk about some of those things, um, there's, there, there's a few ideas that have popped into my mind. Yeah. Uh, go for uh, it. Late. So I'll tell you what, since you know me, I always do things backwards. So let's do the least important first, which is guns. <laughs> yeah. So if anybody is like, that is something that is in their wheelhouse that they, you know, they want to consider, or perhaps they're not really gun people. Maybe they'll treat a firearm like a fire extinguisher. They like having one in the house. They don't want to be firemen. Easy solution. 
get a Ruger 1022. Have it in your house and a brick of ammo. And in terms of firearms, and if you ever need it, and I'll tell this quick story on myself. I got there was a startup company in uh, rural Oklahoma that a friend of mine started, and it was called uh, Urban Something or not Urban Something. It was like Urban Outdoors, and it was basically okay. geared towards people that were pretty central domestic that had some desire to experience the outdoors and okay. he, and he says i want you to write an article on three guns that that you think are uh kind of critical to have mm-hmm. and, and i think he was expecting well you need a glock 17 you need an ar-15 yeah, right. and i i said a ruger 1022 a remington 870 and a lever action 3030 for this type of audience here these are three guns that are always in my safe and they're, sure. and they're like fire extinguishers. And I'm like, if you're a backpacker, you can carry a brick of 22 shells, you know, or a half a brick of 22 shells. How many people are going to need 250 rounds of 22 long rifle for sure. a one day pack? Not many, but the point being, uh, that, and then the lever action 3030, the Remington 870, those are, it was just kind of like, those are just additional tools, right? Uh, I mean, for bird, yeah. bird hunting, et cetera, et cetera. And he was like, oh, I was really expecting from you to hear you know, Glock 17, you know, Benelli Super 90, AR-15. And they, and they, and they scar heavy. Yeah, or something, you know. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, a, a 700, bol- or, you know, a 700 pattern bolt action gun with a five and a right. half to 25. And it's like, no, no, I, you know, you're talking people that normally aren't gun people that want to be outdoor people. And that was kind of the target audience. And, and it was a good perspective. And I, I really, mm-hmm. that, you know, it, it, you know, you want to protect your house or something like that. And I mean, let's be honest, e- even you or me, if somebody said, okay, even at our skill level, which uh, let's say is above average, if I have the gift of uh, time and preparedness, I'd actually rather, you know, shoot across the length of a house or my yard or whatever. If you gave me a Ruger 1022 and, you know, a 20 round mag, I'd really ha- rather have that over almost any handgun. The ability to shoot that thing with just pinpoint precision and at speed and no recoil, it's an amazing tool. That, that's something to consider. Uh, so anyway, so like I said, I went backwards and started with the least important. So if somebody wants some kind of a something in their mind and they go, Hey, you know, maybe it's good that, you know, we should have a firearm, which I think is a great idea. Kind of like having a fire extinguisher in your house and the manual of arms on, on like a, a 1022 is very simple. Insert mag, rack it. If there's no reason to take out mag, rack it, cleared chamber. And the manual of arms is not too hard with a lot of practice. So thusly it, it can be safe in terms of handling and very useful when you need it. Current gun craziness, goes down a bit. Yeah. Ruger 1022s will be, you know, $250 again there. I did the least important first. All right. So, so from there, um, the idea of having a medical stuff is a great idea. And to add to it, instead of the medical stuff that we can, not conventionally, but in our arena that we think about, we think about individual first aid kits. We think about trauma kits. We think of our little kit. We think of our big kit. And then we think of our snivel kit. And, and the snivel kit, for those who don't know, 
you don't want to be digging in your 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 medical pouch to just find poor Advil. So mm-hmm. your snivel kit is the one that's got Advil, Tylenol, uh, a decongestant, some burn cream, you know, some Band-Aids, and stuff like that. It, it's the stuff that comes up oftentimes when you're in training or you're doing stuff. And it, we, we call it the snivel kit. What it is is it just it, it helps you go on and finish doing what you're doing. It's just the difference between having a Band-Aid and not having a Band-Aid is actually a big difference when, when you're trying to train. Have you seen my chapstick? My lips hurt real bad. It, no, oh, yeah, I. But yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. It, yeah, it, yeah, and it's stuff like chaps oh, and, and 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 sunscreen to go with it. You know, you look at a guy and you go, um, "Dude, do you want some sunscreen?" That's usually a clue you know, that it's too late. But <laughs> it, it is. But it's like, could you take the sunscreen and the burn gel? Well, it's funny you mentioned uh, that because I have my med kit is like basically a crash trauma kit. Right. Um, and that other stuff that you're talking about is usually yeah. in the pocket of my range bag, but that's a really good right. thought because I may add a little, you know, chapstick, uh, yeah. you know, ibuprofen, maybe some allergy meds. Uh, one for me is, uh, you know, I carry an albuterol rescue inhaler. I've never had a severe asthma attack, but I have some like exercise induced asthma and cold sure. weather. And I, and I do too. And, uh, you know, that was something that I thought about was like, I checked my little rescue inhaler to see, okay, how many times can I vapor lock before I've, <laughs> you know what I mean? Before I've got to go to natural remedy, which is no fun. Uh, right. And the thing is, is that for me, it doesn't come on very often. Right. Me, but either. I know others that will. So I, I, I have, I have one thrown in there. Stuff like that. Uh, uh, Benadryl. You know, yeah. I remember, I remember when I was going through the police academy, we had a guy, you know, and he worked for one of those rare agencies that you're triple certified. You know, you're, you're a fireman, you're a paramedic and you're a cop. Yeah. Anyway. So we don't have very many of those left and probably you guys don't either. It's just not a popular thing anymore. because It's kind of too expensive to maintain, but he taught a block of instruction for us. And the guy said something to me, he goes, dude, you know, the single most useful thing to have is liquid Benadryl. Uh, he goes, you know, bee stings, um, snake bites, snake bites, allergy, just, just a whole bunch of stuff. And, you know, if, if somebody is, is truly, you know, if, if they're not in full blown anaphylactic shock, but let's say they got a bee sting and they're allergic. Um, if you can get some liquid Benadryl down their throat or rub it into their gums, you will provide them with a much bigger window to get to the real men. And so stuff like that, like Benadryl, I keep in there. That's in my snivel kit. So my snivel kit is a Ziploc bag mm-hmm. and all that stuff is packed in there real tight, rolled up. And then it, it's just put in, in my, in my individual first aid kit. That's got, you know, shears and, you know, the, the and a tourniquet and, you know, and, and that other stuff. But, right. But, it's in one Ziploc bag that I can just pull out. So I don't have to tear apart this kit to find, you know, something that's not normally seen as like life-saving or anything. So right. having said all that, we generally think of medical stuff as, as stuff like that. But in the case of snow, tornado, whatever, the other thing is how about prescription meds? Yes. And, and to me, a, a hair older than you, 10 years, 
So I'm on like four prescriptions, right? You know, I got one for, you know, my blood pressure or whatever. That makes a significant difference in terms of always being ahead on my having that. So that you're not you're not the person that wait to, to renew that script when it's like, oh wait, I'm taking the last one. I better call it in. And you know what? They'll likely have it on my way home. I don't do that. I, I always choose that they can fill it. So basically I always have a month's worth of whatever. And that's the thing that can seriously affect not just the comfort level, but also your health. You know, no matter what happens, the pharmacy's open, the pharmacy's not open, whatever. Do you at least have a week or two of that? It's kind of like food at the supermarket. Every time they go to the supermarket, they see the supermarket shelves as filled from top to bottom with every item. Generally never seen it differently. Well, the way that works is it gets stocked every night. Well, if you don't stock the supermarket every night, you know, I'm told that this figure is accurate, that a supermarket generally has about three days worth of food if you're not restocking. In our mind, we kind of see the supermarket as this endless supply of food that's always there and it's always there in every variety. Well, if they're not going to get resupplied, it's going to empty out. Just like with that, just like with the regular doctor prescriptions or things like that, something to keep in mind that you have a, a, a supply. And it's not hard to do, and it's not illegal. It's just a matter of how you time the renewal and so on. And so thusly, you know, I always have uh, whatever it is that I need to take because it may not be a big deal initially. You you, you should have those that if no matter what, the pharmacy can't can't get it for seven or ten days, can you get through that? That's the add-on that I wanted to mention about medical stuff that we often overlook because we look at the sexy part of it, which is like, what kind of tourniquets are you carrying? Right. I kind of uh, glossed over a few things for my little my little tote box kit, you know? Mm-hmm. And the reason I like it in a tote box is because I go through it once or twice a year and I take things out and I put things in. And I, I it's kind of a once or twice a year evaluation. Um, yeah. But Betadine rents, you know? Oh, yeah. That stuff's cheap, man. You can buy a betadine rinse is one of them that I actually had a bottle in there and it'd been in there for like three or four years and it, it mm-hmm. kind of gone bad. So I tossed right. it. Um, and then surgical scrub, you can buy the betadine scrub mm. like surgical, you know, that stuff that doctors scrub up with, you know, sure, you can sure. buy that, that soap or that little spongy soap looking stuff. You can buy that mm-hmm. at your local, uh, pharmacy supply store it's over the counter it's good to put a couple of those in a bag because um you know let's look back two generations and talk about how many people died of of some type of infection some type of simple infection yeah i stubbed my toe register yep the other one and this is not uh not to encourage anyone to you know indulge in adult libation but a a gallon of vodka will last forever and works as a disinfectant, you know, an antiseptic and an anesthetic. <laughs> if something really, uh, and, and, and I would add to that a fire starter. Yes. And finally a source of entertainment if necessary. Well, and I, and I will one up you in that I, I don't keep a gallon of vodka. What I do keep, and, and I do keep it for those purposes, believe it or not, I keep a handle of Everclear. And what? I'm not encouraging people to go like, and, 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 uh, like 
take up drinking as a hobby or anything <laughs> I'm saying, but uh, uh, like a handle of Everclear, um, yeah. you know, Trish, when the pandemic hit, I showed up with a handle of Jack Daniels and a handle of, of cheap vodka. And she goes, right. are you planning on partying? I'm like, no. Oh no. The Jack Daniels is trading stock and the, uh, the vodka yeah. is, uh, Oh, Hey, one of us got a cut that's severe yeah. enough that we should probably get it treated, but we can't because we don't know how, where this is going to go. And, yeah. uh, and I said, the other thing is if I need to build a fire, it makes it real easy to build with that. I can, so just little things like that. And I'm not encouraging you know, grandma my, to go to the liquor store. I'm just saying uh, it, well, it's food for thought. So when, uh, that brings me back to, uh, during COVID time, uh, everybody, you go to CVS, you go to any place you couldn't find in the bottle, hand sanitizer, just yeah. the regular little squirt bottle, whatever. Always keep aloe vera in my house because of burns. So I, I looked quickly online. Somebody had a very easy recipe, and he said, "Put in, you know, twenty percent aloe vera. Put in, you know, uh, you know, you know, the strongest vodka you got. Well, I had Everclear, and and I think it was lime juice or something. And then you mix it up, and and all of that cost me probably about seventy nine cents. And that stuff would have killed Ebola, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> and, 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 and I actually that's what I carried in my truck. I put it in a little tube. And that was my hand sanitizer that I used um, because it's like, you know, hand sanitizer bottles were not only could you not find them. It's like, what was the price? And then people were hoarding them. It's like, look, sanitizer is sanitizer. Yeah. You want something that, you know, you don't want to be dipping your hands in straight alcohol every day because, you know, it'll dry it out and do that. I always have aloe vera and, and the lime juice is a natural, you know, kind of antiseptic, but it also gave it a nice smell. And that was that. It's easy stuff, man. As gun culture people, I will, I'll quantify yeah. us as, as people that are defensive minded shooters. Um, you know, it's real easy to get caught up in the rat race of, you know, in frame versus L frame versus K frame. You, you know what I'm saying? And, and absolutely, you know, Glock versus SIG versus this versus that and nine millimeter, 40, 45. And it's like, well, if you've got a shelter in place at your house, nobody cares how much 45 ammo you've got, man. I like those ideas that. And you, and you mentioned, you know, the stuff that's like, um, you know, simple foods that last a long time. Yeah. I, I'm not going to advertise a major company or anything because no, uh, no, no. I mean, but, but I have some dry storage food buckets of like hiker food, you know, that has a 25 year shelf life and there's enough meals in one bucket for one person for one month. So if yeah. you do some addition, that's, or some uh, multiplication division, two people, that's two weeks, four people. That's one week. Well, mm -hmm. I I've got about six of those Yeah, a and it's like, isn't that too much? And I go, well, no, it's really not because it just depends on, you know, how do we supplement that, et cetera. But it has a 25 year shelf life. And yeah. that to me is just one extra layer of, okay, that's something I don't have to worry about in the immediacy. And if I need to break one of those down and go, okay, I might be in a police car for who knows how long, at least I know the people that I, I love and care about over here 
are going to be taken care of in my absence while I'm attending to the rest of the general public. Yeah. And, uh, but like I said, when I was a kid, you know, we had, I can remember going through the pantry and it was like, well, just pick the oldest can of corn back there and mm-hmm. we'll make it, you know what I'm saying? We'll make it whatever. Sure. And, and it wasn't uncommon to have the pantry stuffed with a bunch of canned goods and, and stuff that staples that last a long time as a society, especially we see it really prominently when incidents like this happen. And in the last fifth, 10 years, especially I would say 15, but 15 and eh, not so much, but in the last 10 years, it's like that generation has kind of forgotten that. Well, I can call and order a pizza, you know, right. I, I, <laughs> When I, when I moved down here, downtown, you know, I, I mean, I had no groceries in the pantry. I had nothing here. Pandemic hits and they lock everything down the day that I move. I get the keys and my first day in, I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to go grab some talk. Ta- no, I'm not going to go grab some tacos. What in the heck? And luckily we had one that was doing curbside. That was about a block away. But, but even then I was like, man, this is a, this is soundly an inconvenience. You know, that just added a little fuel to my personal fire to get, get some provisions ready and, and all that. But on the armed populace side, yeah, have the ability to shelter in place for a week or two on the cop side, you're going to have to go out and you're going to have to function in these, these catastrophic incidents and times. So if you have a family and it's not just you or you've got loved ones, have enough to know that when you go and you go 10-8 or you go back, you go on your shift, that when you leave the house, you're not going to have the worry that they're not going to have what they need to get by. And, And a lot of cops that I know do that because they've been there and done that before. And, uh, I got to tell you, that's, a, that's something that I hope nobody ever has to experience is like, Hey, I, I know we don't have much, but I got to go and help other people <laughs> like, and having to walk out the door when your kid's like, no, don't leave. There was just something really bad that happened. That's yeah. a, that's a hard, um, it's a hard thing to express to people just how emotionally detrimental that is, but it, it leaves you a little bit of comfort to be able to, you know, look at your, your kiddo or whatever and go, Hey, you got a bucket of food and I'll be back tomorrow morning. And you got all this stuff and you can go camping in the living room. You can finally set up that tent and the fort you wanted to, you know, you can kind of take the edge off of some of that stuff. So, and, 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 uh, one step removed from that, because, you know, we are supposed to be cold and heartless and, you know, look after ourselves that's really not the way most of us are wired or else, you know, we'd have found another career. Right. But, um, I know it's hard for some people to believe, but it, you know, we aren't state troopers after all. So, <laughs> oh, so, you had um, to, didn't you? So, uh, <laughs> sorry, I couldn't help it. No, so, that's perfect. And so for me to be able to do that for somebody, A, it, it, it makes me happy, but is it, it doing something realistic, uh, realistically helpful? And so, you know, I don't do the, um, the like, uh, you know, 25 years shelf life, you know, item that feeds a person for a month. Uh, remember, I, I, I was born in a third world country. 
So for me, it's a five pound bag of rice. And, um, you know, when pasta goes on sale at the grocery store, you know, I buy, I buy 10 boxes of pasta, right? Yeah. And I'll, 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 you know, and I can always boil water. And for me, I'd rather make rice and spaghetti and something like that with, with really very little. And I have all that. And all I need is the ability to make fire. Now, if I can't make fire, yes, I have stuff that does not need fire. But, you know, that's my kind of like, you know, I could eat, I, I can make nine versions of rice with protein and seven kinds of pasta with whatever uh, with very little trouble. And so that's my kind of like long-term staple that lasts a long time. And the thing is, though, is that I can rotate that out of my regular diet as opposed to that emergency bucket, which is still a great idea, right? Yeah. Uh, I think it's a great idea because, A, it's a lot more transportable. But in case you're moving to another location. But um, but I, I do stuff like that. And, you know, you, you hunt, I hunt. And, you know, I generally take, uh, you know, at least, you know, uh, one deer a year. And, and you know, I, I'm generally cooking for one, uh, you know, sometimes cooking for two. And, and so I have an outside freezer. That's like where all my venison goes, you know, hog back straps, whatever I've been hunting, whatever. The thing is, is that that is so hard frozen that it's not like dead in three days, like your fridge when you go in and out of it. Number one. I have a funny story about that. Uh, the last time we had a severe winter ice storm, I watched a lady on the news talk about how all the stuff in her refrigerator was going bad because she didn't have power. Mm-hmm. And I can remember like watching the TV in disbelief and going, well, just put all the stuff that's in the refrigerator in the snow out in your backyard. Like, like literally take two steps and she's showing her refrigerator and through the window, you can see the snow covered backyard. And I'm like, Oh man. And I think somebody finally told her, but, uh, you know, like the news per anchor finally was like, well, you know, you could just take this and move it over there and you'd be fine. And, and, uh, moving on. Uh, but, um, there again, you know, in, in like in my condo, I've got a natural gas grill on the porch, but this was the first time that all three services, gas, water, and electric yeah. were kind of at risk for me. It just wasn't that big of a deal, but the yeah. outdoor freezer thing, I don't have the luxury of being able to have that. So I kind of have to transition a lot of that to, you know, yeah. what can I fit in a, in a freezer box and, uh, and what can I keep as dry staples? But man, we, um, we we've kind of gone off the rails a bit here, I, I, as I, usual. You know I don't, I don't, I don't think we've gone off the rails. I think you know we kind of we went areas that were unexpected. How about that? Areas unexpected, uncharted waters. But uh, there you go. But you were saying that was number one was like having a a, a dry st- or a freezer. What what was number two there? If I didn't derail you too hard. Number two was the whole idea of food in terms of, um, you know, stuff that's canned and uh, uh, long storage. And for me, it's stuff like pasta and rice and, you know, cans of spaghetti sauce. And I have a, a deep outside freezer that's, you know, full of protein. The other thing I do is in the outside freezer, I put two bags of ice in it, which sounds 
silly to put bags of ice inside a deep freezer. But the thing is, is that that way I don't have to open that freezer like regularly. So if I have to open that freezer and the power's out, then I take out a bag of ice. I take out what I think is like, you know, two days worth of stuff and a bag of ice. And then I put that in an ice chest. And that way I don't have to go in and out of that freezer. It's still very hard frozen. So I that's you. That, that, yeah, that's, that's my little thing there. And um, uh, so that was food. And then number one, as with everything in life, is water. Pretty much it. And water is pretty much self-explanatory. The only nuances I would say is that you mentioned the water filter. And the water filter is a great idea. The water filters of today are pretty high tech. They work well, they're cheap and they're available. Yeah. And, and you don't have to get crazy with it. I have three different setups for that. This is going to sound really crazy, but a lot of these commercial, you can go buy at your local big box store, water Mm -hmm. filters. If you have a pond or Creek in your neighborhood, when you think of filter, that's taking particulate out of the water. Mm -hmm. That's taking just junk out of it. Um, I have one in my refrigerator that I put my tap water in. And if worse Uh, came to worse, I will throw snow in that thing, filter it sure, and filter it and filter it and then throw it in a pot and boil it. And then it's, then we're good to go. Right. So, uh, and a lot of these things, man, you know, I, a lot of these things I got out of the, the old army ranger handbook, man. Absolutely. I, there's that there's army survival field manuals. You can buy this stuff. You can probably Google how to filter water in an emergency and find 8,000 different. Well, you can take ash out of your fireplace and some sand and some gravel. And, you know, you can find a lot of this, this information out there if yeah. you just get inquisitive about it but not in the middle of the incident. Exactly. <laughs> if that makes exactly. sense. And uh, the last thing about water, uh, obviously that, that that's number one. Cause you know, everybody tells you, you know, you can last this long without this and this long without that. Uh, and you know, water is, is necessary, not just for life, but also for hygiene and everything else. You know, um, I learned to shop for water like at Walmart. Uh, I'll say something real quick that I, I, I had a conversation. I've got, I've got three brothers and two of them are on two extremes. One of them is like, I don't believe in any of that prepping stuff. Look, if it's the nuclear apocalypse or whatever, you're fooling yourself. If you know, you think you can prep for it. the other one is like, uh, okay. So I've got, I've got like a super water filtration system. I've got solar panels. I've got this, I've got that. So they're on the two ends of the spectrum. But the one thing I told the one brother is I said, look, man, look, we're, we're, the idea here isn't can you can you stock stuff like, you know, for a Cormac McCarthy novel like The Road and it's the super apocalypse? No. Can you comfortably get through three to seven days? That's all. That's really just shoot for that. Yeah. That's three, a huge difference in your life. Three, and, day, three days is good. Three weeks is yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, you don't, I, I like what you said. You had the brothers on two extremes, mm-hmm. but in the middle right. somewhere is kind of where you got to hang out. You got, and, and it's not a lot of trouble to do it. No, it's really not. You know, I had, I had a conversation with Trish, you know, when the pandemic started, 
uh, I, I went to one of the dollar stores. That's kind of like a, mm-hmm. you know, a low end grocery store sure. of just kind of pick. Your, I, I'm familiar with them. You know what I'm talking about? Anyway, I went there and I, there is a line wrapped at the checkout wow. aisle and I start just looking at the baskets. And when I realized I was going to be okay, when I thought I'm going to be, I I'm all right. I looked at the line and there was pizza rolls and microwave pizzas and oven pizzas and milk. And I took my shopping cart. I actually got a shopping cart. It wasn't one of those. I just need razors. Uh, I took my shopping cart over to like the dry staple aisle and the canned goods Mm -hmm. aisle. And it was full. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, here's beans. Here's canned goods. Here's more beans. Here's more canned goods. Uh, and I just, I, I took a thousand dollars out of the bank and I shoved all, I, I just for, I spent a thousand bucks over uh, a day and a half of just emergency reserve funds that I had set aside or what I like to refer to as gun safe money. I had my gun yep. safe money and I, I took a grand and I went and it was hard to spend it all because I was like, man, I don't know where else I'm going to put all this stuff. Yeah. 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 And I still, to this day, one year later, still have some of that stuff left over and it's still edible and it's still good. Yeah. So that's my final thought. Have you got one? No, that that was pretty much it. It's like that Um, that old album by the tubes. This album was recorded in the reverse forward format where we hope that you start at the beginning and when you end, it's at the end. (laughs) There you go. Episode 26 with Hanny. Reminder, check out our sponsors today. Mountain Men Medical, EDC Belt Company, and CCW Safe. I still need to get a hold of those guys. Get some pluggy promo business going on. Thanks, everybody that uh, tunes into the show. Reminder, if you haven't, please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. I appreciate it. If you got some feedback, send it away. There's a comment section on iTunes. You can send it through the website at offdutyonduty.com. You can comment directly on the podcast episode. Give me a little feedback. There's a topic you want to hear about. Put it in the comment section, and I'll see what we can uh, do to accommodate that. If you got some hate mail like I got last week, hey, send it away. I appreciate every bit of feedback and audience interaction that we get. The Off-Duty, On-Duty podcast is a production of Eastridge Training and Consulting, LLC. Eastridge Training and Consulting, LLC presents the following content for educational purposes only. Always take proper precautions, follow all firearm safety rules, consult with a competent firearms instructor, and have trained medical staff on hand when operating live firearms. Legal content, commentary, or explanations do not constitute legal advice. We are not attorneys and recommend always consulting with competent legal counsel when researching or seeking to understand laws and legal application. Eastridge Training and Consulting, LLC, its participants, partners, and affiliates are not liable for any action taken based on the content of this shared podcast.